You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Mm, Good one. Good slurp, good coffee. Bad Boy IFB edition. Yeah, yeah. No, just IB. IB, we're not not F. IBB. (laughs) IBB, that's right. (laughs) You know, it's kind of sad because fundamentalist, the term fundamental just meant we held to the fundamentals of the faith, but it it did become... Um, synonymous with other things, especially when fundamental Shiites came out. That was a, a kind of people just didn't, you know, disassociate the two kind of thing either. So Yeah, well, the, my position, and I've said it before, is, man, I'm so far past the fundamentals. Of course I believe the fundamentals, but you can't yeah. be a Baptist without believing the fundamentals. So right, even right. calling yourself a Baptist sort of lets you know, yeah, we believe in the fundamentals of the faith. But yeah, we hold yeah. to things that are even stronger than that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we started yesterday and um, made clear you know, what we're talking about this week. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, I've got a family member who's left independent circles, uh, fundamental circles. Um, they had gone as far as they're, they're not even going to be a part of religion anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of looked at that and then also who those who have left independent circles to go to churches or worship that's, you know, we would say more contemporary or watered down or whatever term you want to use and asking that question, why have they done that? Why are people leaving? And I think that some have left because our churches have been quite rigid over the years. Um, There was a certain way we were going to dress. There was a certain way we do music. Uh, there's a certain way we're going to do worship, and as as you know, men of that era, uh, a lot of them didn't want any change, no change at all. When TVs or projectors came on, you know, man, you don't have a projector, you don't have a TV, you know, that was that was taboo. Um, that was one of those things. Uh, if you went on an activity, you had to dress a certain way. Uh, I had a guy get upset. And was going to leave my church because I asked guys not to wear shorts to an activity. Um, I said, you know, the girls had to wear skirts, and so the guys had to wear pants because I thought, you know, I'm not going to be unfair to the girls. And he was upset with me. Oh, my goodness. He was so upset um, that I wouldn't let his kid wear a pair of shorts. And we got through it, and he stayed. But that 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 was one of those things, and those were mm. some of the battles we had. And I look back over my ministry, and there are some things that I said and some things that I did and some patterns that I followed that I I look back now and I think, I I messed up there. I made a mistake. And I worked through it. I had to work through it. Um, I haven't compromised. I'm still the same man. I just deal with things and react to things and promote things in a different way than I used to. No matter what it is, people have restrictions. I don't care what the restrictions yeah. are. Everybody right. has the restrictions. You know, people will say, uh, you know, come as you are. 
Well, if a woman showed up in a bikini, they'd probably say something. You know, when you wind up saying, oh, no, we, you know, those things are too rigid. It's just where you draw their line. You know, that's really pretty much where that is. People don't like being told no for whatever reason. You know, there are times that we have a scriptural reason. There are times that it's not a scriptural reason. It's Mm -hmm. an administrative reason. Correct. You know, and just to try to keep things, you know, fair or a sense of balance or somebody's got to set the line. So generally the pastor's the one who sets the line. You know, mm-hmm. here's here's what I think is safe. We're not saying necessarily even sinful or, uh, you know, righteous. We're, we're just saying this is safe. I think this is what we, we would want to do to uh, uh, try to adorn the gospel as best we can. And so, you know, it's not always a, a sin or a unsinful, you know, righteous kind of a thing. Um, I guess whenever I'm looking at, you know, more of the I'm done, you know, I'm checking out and I'm done, you've got to ask, is there a standard of right and wrong? You've mm-hmm. got to, we have got to be biblical is there a standard of right and wrong? That standard that God has set, he does not change. Right. And so people just don't like hearing that. And again, if somebody's been, if they've truly accepted Christ as their Savior, either they've gotten so cold-hearted over the years of only mm-hmm. letting the Bible go to the head, not the heart, they've gotten mm-hmm. so cold and so hard-hearted but generally, the Bible says, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And mm-hmm. so it generally is sin in our life. It doesn't mean you robbed a bank. doesn't mean you murdered somebody. But it just could be jealousy or it could be envy or it could be hatred or whatever it is, dishonesty. And it's built up in your life and now it is, it is frozen any kind of uh, warmth that you ever had for the Lord, and it's just, eh, I'm out of here, because you've allowed yourself to get so cold. I think I think most of us have gone back through and reevaluated some of the things that we have done and do, and begin to ask ourselves, am I doing this because it's biblical? Is is Am I right by the Scriptures? And like you said, there are some administrative decisions made that we can't say this is Bible, but we just feel this is best for the church. And as a father, there are times when I make decisions for my family that aren't necessarily a Bible-based decision. I just think it's best for our family. Knowing my family, knowing what they struggle with, knowing what is their um, ability and disability, I'm going to try to help them by making good decisions that way. And a pastor tries to do that. And I don't know very many pastors, and we're talking in the scheme of independent Baptist churches in Canada, the United States, thousands, thousands and thousands of churches. And there there are a handful of guys that I would say over the years that were just wackos. They were just, they were not good guys. And they got carried away. They went off on tangents, whatever. But the bulk of guys, I think, really just want to have good churches, honoring to the Lord. They want people to live for Christ. They want people to be modest. I think that's the key word in a lot of areas, just modesty. 
Um, modesty in my music, modesty in my dress, modesty in my associations, all those things. And so um, that's that's where a lot of us have come to. And I think there are a lot of people that left our churches because some did not reevaluate. Some did not look at that and and maybe ask that question. I don't know. Again, we don't know everybody that's left and why they're leaving, but right. that's my summation, right? I think that's part of it anyways. Yeah. I have tried and I and I think that the things that is that I have done in my service to Christ through the local church have been by and large, I would say probably 90-95% biblically based. It's yes. where it's a position that I arrive to because of the scriptures. Now, again, like you said with your family, I could never show my boys, you know, well, according to this verse, you're going to go to bed at 8 o'clock at night because you're in elementary right. school. You know, right. it's just an assimilation of wisdom that they need to be refreshed and ready for school the next day. So yeah. you're yeah. going to bed at 8 o'clock. When they got in junior high, it was 9. And whenever they got in high school, it was midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were generally in bed by 10, 1030 because they're working, playing sports, doing all these things, and they're tired. You know, right. so we never really had to – had. We didn't have to really, you know, crack the whip and enforce those things much yeah. once that, right. you know, elementary age got done. But there's nothing in the Bible. Now, I could say there's Bible principle and premise and those kind of things. And so it's just an assimilation of uh, wisdom that they need to be refreshed yeah. when they go to school. Well, what you would tell them is children obey your parents. Right. In the Lord for this is right. Or obey them to have the rule over you. And I think there were a lot of pastors— that thought, you know, and I know I was taught this, you're the pastor, you're the man of God, you're the spiritual leader, and you you be that man, and you be that strong leader. And so I, at, you know, at time in my life, thought, yeah, you need to obey me, I'm the man of God. And not in a goofy way, but I thought, I, I am the pastor, and I do need to lead you. And I, I do need to make those tough decisions. And though you may not see it, just trust me. I'm I'm doing what's best for you, and sometimes that did overweigh what maybe maybe should have been a more common sense thing. Um, I just thought, well, I'm the man of God, and you need to do it. Well, no, I I probably should have thought that through a little more. I should have searched the scriptures a little more on that. Um, but my intention was always that people might draw closer to Christ, that they might walk closer to Him, that they might do more for Him that they might keep themselves from some danger or some hurt. Um, so I'm going to put up a high fence here and try to and try to keep you out of danger. And, and I had to face that, you know what, I could, I could give every rule I wanted and I could preach as hard as I wanted, but when people went home, they, they did what they wanted. And sometimes it wasn't what I thought should be. Sometimes the dad didn't have the same view. And so I had to begin looking at my ministry and asking myself, where do I draw the line in what I, you know, enforce or don't enforce and um, set as a standard or not standard? I, I really had to look at that in my own life and and ask, where is that line? Yep, that's good. Yeah. Um, people just don't want to be told no. Right, um, especially we, today. Yeah, yeah, even more so. Israel was a backsliding heifer the the prophet yeah. cried out you know and so yeah. it's 
it's still the same. It, it doesn't matter. A mature Christian still hates being told no, but a mature mm-hmm. Christian is going to say, you know, I'm going to go ahead and try to keep unity because this right. is this is honoring to the Lord. Regardless right. how I feel about this, this is honoring to the Lord. Galatians right. 4.16, Paul said, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? Right. right. And so, you know, we, we shouldn't be real surprised that there are people that get to the point of saying, I'm tired of hearing, you know, the Bible says this, the Bible says this. I don't want to hear it anymore. I just want to go and relax. I want to go to some place where uh, no one's going to say that I've done something wrong. And so, you know, historically, last 200, 300, 400 years, historically, independent Baptists are usually preach harder or more clearly on personal holiness mm-hmm. than many other denominations do. Yes. And yes. so because of that, there's oftentimes a, a bit of resentment. Now, of course, like you said, let's be scriptural. No mm-hmm. problem there. But just preaching on sin is people don't like hearing anymore. So right. it doesn't mean we don't do it. Right. And and I'll tell you, it is, it is a generational thing because— when we were kids, I mean, you obeyed, you obeyed, you obeyed authority. And we grew up, you obey your dad, you obey your teacher, you obey a police officer, you obey the neighbor if, if they tell you something. Then we get into a generation where, well, the police are bad and teachers are bad and preachers are bad. You've, trained, and it's publicized. you've been trained to question every bit of authority. Do not trust authority. Right. So now you have preachers who come into that generation who lived in a generation where if I'm an authority and I believe I'm telling you the truth and I can show you from the Bible, I'm going to give it to you straight up. And it's hard, but it's what it is. And we thought, man, that's hard, but that's what it is. Now we have a generation that's hard and I don't want it and I'm not going to take it. So I'm leaving. And we see that in the military. We see that we saw it. We, we mentioned that that transgender that went in and shot those kids in that school. Those that headmistress and um, yeah. you know the custodian. Yeah, three adults. That's three exactly kids. what it is. I, I don't like it anymore. I don't like what you told me. So how's, here's how I'm going to deal with it. And, and so Tennessee passed a law of, on some kind of a transgender law, and yeah. they stormed the Capitol. So that that's where we're at, and so we have a blending of those generations, and that's that's been a problem for some because I have no problem with authority. If if a police officer tells me to go across the street, I go across the street. I don't sit there and say, "Why do I have to go across the street?" I don't take my phone out and videotape him and say, "Look what he's doing. He's he's harassing me." I don't do that. I just go across the street. He's an authority. If um, you know a teacher. A teacher tells me, hey, you're going to sit in the back of the class. I sit in the back of the class. I just don't have a problem with that. But we're in a generation that, like you said, questions everything. And when it comes to church, the preacher says, don't listen to this type of music. Why not? I want to listen to that type of music. I'll tell you, I really had an eye-opening. I went to hear a singer, a Christian singer, a few years ago. And tremendous voice, saying hymns. I mean, great. I get in the church. And they're playing some pre-service music. It's nice. And then this guy gets up to sing, and it's 
I mean, the lights go down, lights start flashing. These women walk out in these leather pants. This guy starts singing and it's like a rock concert. I'm like, what in the world? And I said to my wife, what, what have we done? And so we, we got through the first song and I thought, okay, maybe that's just, just to appease, you know, whatever. Second song, exact same thing. Hmm. And I saw, I'm in, a, I'm in a church that holds about 500 people. They're all my age and older. And they're standing up and their hands are up in the air. And, you know, they're pushing the air up and they're dancing around. And I said to my wife, I don't get this. Like, look, these people are older people. What's going on? And here's what I thought. I thought for years we were told, you can't listen to that kind of music. It's not godly. Now that's godly. And now we can listen to it so we can have all the stuff that we couldn't have when we were kids now because that's changed and it's okay. And I can go to a church where it's okay to drink wine. It's okay to have a beer because when I was a kid, you don't do that because that's not godly. Now it's godly as long as you refrain from getting drunk. So now that's okay. So a lot of people that felt the restrain of those years now can do what they want to do and felt like they should have been able to do in the name of Christianity. So uh, is obedience a generational thing or a, or a spiritual thing? Well, definitely a spiritual thing. So do we preach about it? We, we have to. Yeah. We have to. Yes. So my wife said, though, and I thought this was good. She said, you know, in Jude, it says some save with fear and some with compassion. She said, I don't know if that's just individuals or if that's maybe a generation. And our generation was raised in fear. I feared my dad in, in the sense that if he said, don't you don't do it, I didn't do it because there was an action to follow if I did it. I was going to get punished. And so my teacher, if I did wrong in school, I went to the principal's office. He pulled a big leather strap out of his desk. He hit it on the desk. He said, you want that? I'm like, no, sir. He said, then don't you do that again. I didn't do it again. There was a fear. I, I, didn't, I didn't fear them in that I thought they were going to hurt me or they were going to abuse me. I just knew I didn't want to cross that line. We don't have that today. We don't have that. But that's the foundational. You, you don't serve the Lord out of love. It, it's a progressive. The Lord uses three, all three motivations in the Scripture. Fear Absolutely. and reward and love. Absolutely. And the greatest of these is charity. And, of course, right. that's love. where we need to get to. But you're going to get there out of maturity. You know, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. okay, you're you're 35 years old, married, out of the house, and your dad says, hey, I need you to do this. Now, immediately we're thinking, oh, Dad, I'm not in your house. I'm not going to, you know. But right. we do it because we love Dad. Right. We're not doing it because we're worried about getting the getting the paddle or something, you know. We're, right. We do it out of love because we're mature enough to do that. So, yeah. But the Lord we, uses all three of those yeah. motivations, and so none of them are wrong whenever the Lord does anything. Nothing he does is wrong. Right, and I do it out of respect and because he's an authority in my life. My dad says, hey, son, can you do this? Yeah, I'm well, going to do it. Well, that's love. I want to I honor my parents. Yeah. And that's respect. And I and and that's what we ought to do. And there is not a lot of respect for anybody today, um, and that's that's a sad thing. And I mean, you have to be respectable to be respected. And there are a lot of people that lost, you know, their respectability. 
And I'm sorry for those that were in those kind of churches. I was in a good church. My pastor was strong. My pastor was authoritative. He wasn't perfect by any means, but I knew that he loved God and he loved people to love God. And I followed his leadership. Um, Were people hurt in his ministry? Yeah, there were some. There were some. My sister got hurt in that ministry. Uh, there There was a bad, bad man on our staff and he abused and it was terrible. But I, I don't, I'm not leaving our church. I'm not leaving the faith because somebody hurt one of my family. I'm, I just became more determined that nobody was ever going to do that again. And they weren't going to do it to anybody in my ministry. And I was going to protect to the best of my ability. And I think the people of the Bible Baptist Church would say that their pastor did try to protect them. And that's and so some of the things that I did was because I did see people get hurt. And I didn't want that to ever happen again. Yeah, we. Uh, I think many believers have come to a point in their life that somewhere, some at some time, they were wounded, they were hurt, uh, they went through some kind of uh, shock to the system that somebody wasn't what they were supposed to be, mm-hmm. and the reaction that we took after that really helped formulate what we did. Yes. I remember yes. when you know three. I remember when some deacons had basically kicked my dad out of pastoring, and he could have fought it if he wanted to, but he didn't want to for the good of the church. And so I had a family member who saw what happened and basically said in their mind and heart, these people are supposed to be good Christians. Well, then fooey with this stuff. Right. And I looked at it as, by the grace of God, but these people claim they're going to be a good Christian. I'm going to show you how a good Christian ought to be. Right. And right. so by the grace of God, I didn't take it negatively. The Lord used it as a even though it was a wound, it was a positive thing in my life. And so uh, it seems like more often than not whenever you when people find somewhere at some point in their life that fork in the road where they go and and which which direction they take you know, mm-hmm. it's the grace of God. It makes you stronger and yeah. makes you more stable uh, mm-hmm. after you've been maybe wounded or hurt to a certain degree. I'm not talking about a crime being committed, but, you know, yeah. but to face something to where you sort of shaken to, to the scriptures and going, OK, what am I going to do and why? Yeah. yeah, I think, too, and I'll say this in closing, that I think, too, we have to realize that some people just aren't saved. So, right. Some people were raised in the church, raised by right. Christian parents, raised to do right. They know the truth, but they are never really saved. And so they yes. leave the things of God because they never really had the things of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for this uh, dear listener that sent this in, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I know there are some who have left the things of Christ because they just weren't part of it. And that's, I think, why some leave. Yeah, Jesus even said, will ye also go away? Because right. from that time, many more walked not with yep. him. Whenever he started preaching hard doctrine, yes. Yes. you know, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the people are going, right. I, I don't get this. Uh, I'm not dealing with this. I'm, I'm right. out of here. You know, it was yeah. cool to get the, you know, loaves and fishes. But yeah. eh, I don't get all this. You know, Love so your enemies. He, <laughs> he looked at the disciples and said, will you also go away? And yeah. it, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words yeah. of eternal life. Love your enemies. Pray for them that curse you. I mean, that got hard. 
that got real real right there. And I think there are people that left have left our churches because it started getting hard. I don't want to live that way. I want to live the way I want to live. And no, I've heard this many times. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Mm. And I've heard a lot of women say this. No man is going to tell me what I'm what to do. And that's rebellion. And rebellion leads people away. So that's where we're at. Hey, great discussion today. I'm looking forward to Friday. And uh, thank you for sending this in. I, yes. I think this is timely. I think this is a discussion that needs to be had in many places. I think as preachers, we need to have this open discussion. I think as church members, we need to get resolve of some of these things in our lives and move on and serve the Lord. So till we meet again on Friday, I'm Al Stone, traveling and serving the Lord. God is doing some great things. We just had a businessman um, uh, donate $5,000 to the Canadian Amen. Gospel Project. That's going to be matched. Um, we are sending uh, John Romans right now to New Brunswick. And uh, had a gentleman contact me, said, I got one. Can I get more? I want to give them away. And I said, hey, Amen. good news. We're, we're going to give one to every home in New Brunswick. So great things are happening. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm not doing anything. Oh, wow. You're pastoring a church. That's more than enough. <laughs> 21 years of it. God bless you, man. 21 years. That's fantastic. Only nine more and you will have done what I did. Yeah. With 20 years before that. That's right. <laughs> okay. I'll give you five. I'll give you five years. So you only got to get four. <laughs> oh, I, I only have two years on you. That's all. That's right. This is Tim Talks. We're glad you listened today. Hey, tell us, uh, tell us, uh, Tell someone about us is what I'm trying to say. And um, share share the good news of Tim Talks. We sure Amen. appreciate it. We'll see you on Friday. God bless you. Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.